Hey, spooky friends, and welcome to The Twisted Twins, hosted by Britt and Kay. And how the hell are you? How the hell was your week? <laughs> there was a really, yeah, there was a powerful um, new moon last week on the 16th, and it was just really beautiful, beautiful thing. Dude, it- new moons are beautiful but the thing is and like we've we've talked about it a little bit in our spiritual episodes um new moons are intense and this one was oh my god the emotional roller coaster of last week was like too much to handle no this last new moon was i mean it like i didn't really realize maybe i'm just an amateur how like, like you were saying, how powerful, how emotional, how deep oh, yeah. the freaking new moon cycles are to where it, like, drudged up past stuff that I had to kind of, like, sit there, sit with, you know? And it was a lot. A yep. lot. Not to mention, so, not this weekend, last weekend, um, I went out with a couple of my girlfriends for lunch, and we went to this antique shop down the in like our little downtown area and just like perusing around antique shops kind of creep me out anyway because it feels like really heavy for me personally but I was called to this object and I picked this object up and said you're coming home with me motherfucker and I bought it and I brought it home well, <laughs> red flag. Red fucking flag. Did did Brittany remember to cleanse said item? Oh, I can answer that. <laughs> experience of dealing with Brittany, that's a no. <laughs> yeah. Did Brittany do anything to protect yourself from whatever could be latched on to this item? No. 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 And, um... When I tell you some spooky things were happening in the house, I was like, okay, this is a lot. This is so, this is a lot. Like, whole objects were being moved. And oddly, you know? But um, anyway, as soon as I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, third time's the charm. After, like, the third creepy incident, I was like, all right, let's break out my cleansing tools and um, cleanse this shit because damn my husband's like just get rid of it just get rid of it and I'm like no it is mine now I am going to cleanse it and if it's still bugging if it's still bugging you know after the cleanse then I'll get rid of it but no (laughs) (laughs) I got it bitch it's mine and um so then I cleansed it I'm going to post a little video on how I cleansed my item because I thought it was like really in depth and cool and y'all might be interested. Uh, But ever since then, like literally no, knock on wood, no issues. It's, it's honestly such a, an overlooked step and a lot of go to even like, I, I have a lot of, crystals. I've got a lot of um, spiritual items, a ton, and I love them. And I am one of those people that will spend a lot of money on a lot of spiritual stuff. 
And when I say that, even when I get them from not just like a hand-me-down place, um, but when I buy it like brand new, um, you have to cleanse your stuff because yeah. it's, especially like crystals, for example, they hold on so much energy. And like when I've gone, when we've gone to Sedona, um, every single time, and it's so silly because you're like so excited to unpack all the fun stuff that you got and you like set it up all over everywhere. And then you're like, man, whew, I'm tired. Good night. And then all of a sudden you're getting woken up by like, and you're like, like oh, too much. <laughs> like you're getting freaking yeah. mentally shook. Like, oops, I totally forgot. Like there was one time, um, all of us, including Britt's husband and our old, um, little homie Lexi, we were all doing a group meditation after I got a ton of shit from Sedona and didn't cleanse it. And we were in my room all doing a group meditation and it was too much. It was like already the four of us, it was too much energy. But um, then on top of that, all of that energy that we brought back from Sedona, it was just a lot. Cleanse your stuff. Yes. Smoke cleanse. Yeah. Or if your stuff is able to be water cleanse, you can do that. Um, uh, singing bowls, you can use those. Oh, Palo Santo. Oh, I said smoke. Cleanse your stuff. People, cleanse your stuff. Yes. Cleanse it, cleanse it, cleanse it. I'm sorry. My fan is making a really rickety noise. Um, those are wild and outside right now. I know. Ours finally simmered down. I was like, there's no way. No. No. I'm going to be able to film we, because they're going to freaking scream. We, uh, we, uh, I'm sorry. And then you can turn off your fan. We went to the pool today and um, it gets clean tomorrow, right? So today it obviously wasn't clean. And there's always like leaves and stuff. Like the leaves are finally starting to fall out here. But um, there was a cicada like that freaking big. And I was on my back and I was like trying to be oh, all like, ah. And then like, of course, I just happened to look to my side and I was like, oh God. And then a little bit later, I'm like walking in the shallow and like I'm about to get up and get some water. And it was at the bottom of the pool and I stepped on it. Oh no. And it crunched underwater. <laughs> It was a traumatizing event. I'm not going to lie. But I'm yeah. sure it was traumatizing for the cicada. <laughs> he was already dead by the time I stepped on him. Yeah. So how was your week? My week was interesting. Happened? Oh my gosh, yes. Actually, well, maybe it's not that interesting. But I thought that it was wild. And so when sometimes when situations happen to me, I like to think of like a backstory as to why this person acted that way. Okay. So I'm home and let me just preface this with, um, I've only seen like my neighbors a handful of times. Okay. And, um, but I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, like it's getting late. I want to take out the trash and then get all ready for bed or whatever. So I get the trash and I take it out and I walk out the same moment that this man, like who is at my neighbor's place walks out with trash also. And so we're like, oh, <laughs> man, trash, you know? And uh, <laughs> and he's like, here I'm going like, meet cute, Kayla. Uh, yeah, you think that's how it's gonna go. It's not, I twisted it as I always do. <laughs> and um, so he comes out and, and we're like, oh, and he's like, I don't live here. And I was like, 
okay. And he was like, I am just staying here for a couple weeks. My buddy, he lives here. And like, you've probably seen him, but like, he normally stays at his girlfriend's house downtown. And so like, I'm just staying here for a couple weeks. And I was like, oh, okay. And I like, don't even have a chance to get out any real words in the amount of time that he's like speeding up and saying this. And, um, and so I'm like, oh, okay. And he was like, yeah, he's just letting me stay here before he sells it. He's going to sell it in a couple weeks. So I'm just going to stay here. And like, that's who I am. And I was like, like too much information that's suspicious and like so spazzy too and i was like okay cool and then um i don't remember if anything else happened honestly it was like such a like weird thing but then i come outside and shut the door and my kids are like ew what was that i was like dude i don't know this guy is weird i was like yeah i think he murdered our neighbor and so then we like put a chair up against the front door and we're like we're we're good we're totally chill but um i haven't seen him since and I saw the neighbor that lives there on Monday, but um, I haven't seen him since. So immediately I go to the family group chat and I'm like, oh my gosh, this just happened. And I like said exactly what happened. And I was like, I, the way he was acting, I think he probably murdered my neighbor. And then like he was back inside and his like gang of murderers are like, what was that? Like, who were you just talking to? Like, you just gave it away. So that's really the only interesting thing that happened to me. And it was only <laughs> because, <laughs> because I made it interesting in my head. So, you know, they say you can't manifest your own happiness, but you can manifest your own entertainment for sure. <laughs> interesting thing that happened all week. <laughs> no, I get it. I have a missed call from Kayla because um, being pregnant, I... I also am sick. I'm getting over strep right now. Freaking writing on excuses as to why she didn't answer the phone. <laughs> and I'm exhausted. I go to sleep at like like eight thirty max now, especially during the school week. Are you kidding? Anyway, so I miss Kayla's call and she's like, um, the next day I'm like, Hey, like what's going on? And I read the the family chat and I'm like oh my god she's being so dramatic <laughs> but Kayla's like <laughs> you bitch I could have died you literally like, literally though <laughs> was was that whole change happened within 10 seconds and he was talking super loud and super fast and like right there and there would be like a very minimal lull for me to just like like I'm about to jump in and go like oh but then all I literally had time to say was like uh, and then he would just start talking at me again. And I was like, oh, okay. It was definitely unusual, a little twisted. Maybe and he just has social anxiety. Oh, no. Definite. Honored, <laughs> but. But you saw the, the murdered, non-murdered neighbor on Monday? Yeah, I saw it like a few days, saw him like a few days before. Oh, before. I was thinking you meant after. Oh, oh boy. No. Still up in the air then. <laughs> and the weirdest thing, too, is that <laughs> who's the fucking freak now? I don't even know if I should say this. The weirdest thing, too, is that this guy puts out so much trash. Like, so many bags of trash. Every single day, it's bags of trash. And I'm like, now, they're not black trash bags. That would be a definite, he's a murderer. Dexter is happening inside there. Not black trash bags. But I just find it interesting. 
Bless you. How are you going through so much trash? I don't know. Suspicious. Maybe he's helping his friend like pack, like living there for free and helping him pack. See, I don't know. I in this scenario, I live and Britt would die. Not even. I wouldn't even open my door. I would peek out and be like, "Okay, close is clear. Nobody's there. I'm gonna take my trash." Exact same time. We. I know. It's not like I had time to prepare. We got there at the exact same time. And since then, yeah, I've been looking at my people before I open the door. I'm not trying to have another creepy encounter. I dropped my horn. <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyways. So yeah, that was the only interesting thing that happened to me all week. And again, it was only interesting because I twisted it into something uh, it wasn't. So... <laughs> Gotta keep, keep life interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, your uh, murderer, murderer across the hall story reminds me. Your nephew, he really wanted, um, because I don't know. Our kids are really interested in, um, K and I's like podcast itself. So he was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was like, hey, mom. If you can fit in, if you can fit this in, and he's holding up one of his books, you can fit this into like conversation, do it for this episode. And it was his Among Us handbook to imposters. So your neighbor could have been an imposter. No, according to your nephew, the person staying at my neighbor's house, yes, percent an imposter. And and, like, the fact that if you, like, okay, let's just, thank you. Thank you, baby love, for bringing that up. Because if you just stop for a second and go, okay, if you know that this guy's not here that often, then you know I don't know shit about him. You know that I'm not, like, talking to him on an everyday basis. I've never spoke to this person. I have seen him twice in the whole time that I've lived here. And um, so I just feel like that's, I don't know, there's for you to just like word vomit all of that for no reason on a complete stranger just because you crash out at the same time. It's very weird. Something weird. I agree. Imposter. Imposter. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Alrighty. So I am going to use this opportunity to segue into tonight's topic. Hmm. I'm going to start off with um, a few little factoids, if you will. So if you could put like a number on it, Kay, how many people do you think mysteriously disappear every year in America's national parks? Ew. Um... thousands okay 1600 roughly people disappear in america's national parks every year now less than 500 supposedly around like between three and four hundred people are found dead in america's wilderness their national parks um and Really quickly, because this is always this has disturbed me, disturbed me, um, ever since they released this. 
Do you remember how many bodies that were unearthed and discovered back when they were searching for Gabby Petito? Nine. It was at least 10. Some of my sources said 15. Yeah, I'm this little area of the national park that they were looking in. Yeah, I think it was nine or 19, something like that. Yeah, uh, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Like, I understand when I kind of put like two and two together, it makes sense that nefarious circumstances um, really seem like a no-brainer. When it when you take into the when you take into account the wilderness and remote locations and just being out in nature, you know, they say things like, um, "If nobody's around to hear a tree fall, doesn't make a noise. Nobody's around to hear somebody kill somebody else. Like, do they make a noise?" That was really bad example. <laughs> But, but <laughs> interesting with that whole thing is all of those people were missing. Why did it take so long to, for them to be found? Oh, I know. And like a whole other weird, creepy, 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 creepy. And it makes sense. Like a lot of, um, excuse me, serial killers and like, I don't know, people like gang type violence. Um, deaths or not really gang I would say maybe like more mafia or mob it would be like the perfect place to dump a body you oh know? yeah well that's where Bundy always dumped his body oh, yes. in the middle of the woods a lot and of them what I I don't agree with this conspiracy theory but I think it's interesting that um Bob Ross that all of his paintings are of is that he's dumped bodies I love Bob Ross. <laughs> I don't think it's true, but I think it's interesting. I think, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I love him. I've loved him since I was a child, a wee little child, but I think it's like a fun little, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Like that would, I could see that. <laughs> but sure, Ted Bundy and nasty fun fact about you creepy bitches. And this is no hate to you, but a lot of hate to you. You creepy bitches that fantasize about Ted Bundy. He would go back to those dead bodies until they were so far past decomposition that it was unbearable and he would do nasty things to them. That's they were putrefied. Is yes. What they say. I, um, I don't get the obsession. Like, I know Zach Efron was hot when he was playing Ted Bundy, but, like, when you guys really think about what these people do. It's so fucking disgusting. I know. And he's one of many. Like I can I can name like five serial killers who choose, you know, wilderness areas mm -hmm. to not only commit their crimes but to dump their victims and it's just really awful and sad. Um so one of my favorite also one of my favorite urban legends, which, you know, I've, I've seen kind of like, oh, this isn't an urban legend. This happened to my cousin's friend, you know, like this is real, but it was something that was always told at like a camp out or um, like a sleepover. 
if we were like outside. So I brought a little prop if you're on um, YouTube. I'm gonna turn my light down a little bit and bring out my little lantern, <laughs> blinding lantern that it is, and tell this spooky story. So did you guys ever hear, let's, let me say it like I'm at a sleepover right now. Okay. Have you heard the tale of the lone fuck? <laughs> of the lone fuck. No, don't fuck. <laughs> it's a really sad story. No, I spit. <laughs> My fucking heavy ass notebook. Okay. Of the what? <laughs> Have you heard the story? Of the lone camper. No. So, <laughs> so this lone camper, it's either, I've heard it a few ways, where she's a lone camper or where it's like two camper girls go camping together. The and they're like, the twisted fucking twins go camping together. I would die if this ever happened to us. Um, and as far as I know, everything is going good. Everything's dandy, whatever. And when the camper slash campers go to sleep for the night, you know, everything's normal. Everything's Gucci. They might hear like a snap, like a tree, a tree branch, like a stick snapping, tree <laughs> fucking tree breaking in half, <laughs> tree falling. But they were there, so it made a sound. So <laughs> is that? That fucking tree cutting down dude on TikTok, the thorn, thor, oh, thor, something too fucking much anymore. Um, but so they they go to sleep, everything seems fine. They might hear some like a couple little bumps in the night, but nothing crazy. And then they go the next day, and they're like, "Oh, let's take some nature shots with our." digital cameras and they go on their digital camera and they're like what our storage is full and they go to you know click their storage and someone someone in the middle of the night took their camera and took pictures of the girl slash girls sleeping in their tent in their sleeping bags. See, this could never be me because we go camping quite regularly and I am a very light sleeper, especially when I'm out in the wilderness. Like, yeah. Nah, fam, that shit ain't even happening to me. The second I hear like a little is the second that I'm oh like, oh my gosh. <laughs> There's I no know. Fuck that I know the first time I had heard it I remember where we were we were in Oregon and we were in our cousin's backyard in the tent in the tent and we were telling scary stories and this was a scary story but at that time digital cameras were not a thing so it was a disposable camera so the girl didn't even know about the pictures until she got home and developed the film and then she was like holy shit someone took my picture yeah dun, dun, dun. if that's why i'm such a light sleeper like even even at my house 
that story was so traumatizing. I know. I mean, it is like, but it's I mean, it could, I could see it being completely real, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you guys haven't guessed it, we're talking about um, <laughs> wilderness gone wrong this episode. And it's about um, some mysteries, some crimes, and all sorts of things in between that have happened in the wilderness. Away from, you know, prying eyes of society, right? Oh, yep. Right? Okay. So why don't you start us off, Kay? <laughs> I just rambled for a long-ass time. No, rambling at all. But I would love to start off. Okay, so um, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to a friend of mine, and they were like, oh, you guys do a creepy podcast. Have you done something on this guy? And I was like, no. And then I'm so blessed that I heard about this guy because I'm so ready to talk about him. And he's the infamous Alfred Packer, otherwise known as the Colorado Cannibal. Okay. And Ew. let me start by saying the this is the man with the face of literal fucking nightmares. Will bring me, like, I mean, he is the definition of yikes to me. That's what he looks Ew. like. And um, yeah, they pretty fucking gross. But for what he did makes it like it all makes sense. It all ties in together. Because <laughs> he looks like the type. Yeah. <laughs> Straight oh, up. God. This fool is the face and literal definition of a nightmare. Okay. Nightmare. And the, this motherfucker, I don't even know how to spell his name right. His name is Alfred, but it's spelled Alfred, which just, like, gives me, it's, <laughs> it, it, like, it itches my mind in the wrong spots. You get what I right. mean? Yes, for sure. So it pisses me off. <laughs> so it's like, um, <laughs> when, um, uh, in Mean Girls, when the principal's like, I know how angry it uh, is. <laughs> yeah. It's literally that. It's like, <laughs> oh, why do you do that? But so with a name like that is also not surprising at all. This fool turned out the way he did. But <laughs> obviously with a name like the Colorado Cannibal, you can pretty much assume what he's famous for. But because the whole story is just too good. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. Let me take you on a trip. Brit to Colorado in November of 1873. Oh, uh, I'm going to want to say fucking Alfred so goddamn bad the whole time. But I think when I wrote my notes, I put Packer for most of it because I just could not stand this fucking fool. Anyways, Alfred you could Packer. do both, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Alfred Packer was a poor miner <laughs> and not like a 17-year-old, uh, like mining in the fucking mountains. But he made extra mining. Oh, my God. <laughs> he made extra money Woo. by guiding travelers through the intense and wild terrain of the Rocky Mountains. Okay? So, in November. What time? Sorry. What time period was this? In November of 73. <laughs> <laughs> Of when? 1873. Oh, day. 
1873, a group of 21 men left Provo, Utah, searching for a better life of gold mining in Breckenridge, Colorado. Now, what I find interesting is that this group split up a couple of times during the entire trek. Um, and this was noted to be an, an unusually harsh ass winter. So it was like a fucked winter to be traveling regardless. But um, so this whole trip took them a total of five months to complete, which to me seems like a long fucking time to be That traveling. is such a long time. Yeah. So they, they're, the trip is not over until April of the following year. This is November. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. So hold that into your brain for a little bit. Um, but after the first three months of this gnarly traveling journey that they're on, they arrived at an Indian camp led by the Ute Indian chief Ure, I think is how he pronounces his name. Um, but this chief specifically was known to be such a gracious host, even to white travelers. Um, he was well known for providing food, shelter, warmth to all types of travelers. So the team was seriously lucky to have ran into him. Um, after they ate and got some rest, several of the men were like, nah, we need to get going. They were restless as fuck and they were ready to leave. But what I find interesting is that three of the men out of this whole group snuck away from the Oot camp to start their trek specifically without Packer. They even threatened his life in front of everyone at the camp if he attempted to follow them. So like, red flag. And like, for me, as someone who, you know, is a very stereotypical Gemini and may or may not be afraid of commitment, three months alone with one, you know, person, it would be enough to freak me out too. (laughs) (laughs) You're so stupid. (laughs) But, that's a joke, people. But, <laughs> um, but literally, the thought of like being in the wilderness with a group of people to have you would think like and to hold oh. <laughs> from this day forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, but it just, out of all of the people, they specifically were like bitch you're not coming with us so i find that very interesting we don't ever know why there's a lot of unanswered questions with this whole story too which is always really frustrating and it lets your imagination which of course you know from my storytelling my imagination runs wild so i think I saw something in packer before they reached the camp that they were like no let's not do that danger yeah let's see so Like I said, what did they see in Packer during those first three months that they were like, fuck you, you're not coming? I don't know, but it's wild. So Packer, almost out of like spite, I feel, but it's all like the the articles are reading, but Packer gathered and convinced six other men who were determined to continue the trek to form a group with him and leave. Okay, and mind you, this is going against the encouragement from Chief Ure for all of them to stay until the weather let up a bit. But Packer of five other men headed out to finish their trip. Oh. Um, now, it was said that there was a guide 
who offered to guide them a little bit. I think it might have been one of like Chief Ure's homies, <laughs> soldiers, I don't know. That but because he was such a great person, I think he might have like offered up one of his guys to be like, oh, guide them as far as you can. But yeah, needless to say, I don't know that for sure. But a guide offered to guide them as far as he could until his horses could go no further. And then he turned around. That man was the last man to see all six travelers alive. Oh, no. A bit of a spoiler, I know. Forgive me. So, now, in April, two months later, in April of 1874, Packer arrives at the Los Pinos Indian Agency looking surprisingly fit for a man who just made his journey and also completely alone. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, everyone's like, Ooh, where's your fucking crew, homie? And stated <laughs> that he was separated from the other five travelers during their journey, and he just survived on rabbits and rosebuds. Which, like, fucking rosebuds, right? I'm like, that, and, and but you look surprisingly fit, like you look healthy on a fucking rabbit and a fucking rosebud. Fuck out of here, bullshit. In the middle of this unusually harsh winter. Oh, no. Okay. But everyone's like, okay. So at this time, Packer is claiming to be broke as fuck. And he was trying to sell off, like, random shit that he had for, like, dirt fucking cheap, which is weird, too. Like, he had a rifle, and he was trying to sell it for $10, which I I don't know the currency exchange. But the recordings make it seem like why the fuck would you try to sell this rifle for only ten dollars if you're so broke too like that's weird uh so he was saying that he was trying to get home to back home to pennsylvania as soon as possible huh Hmm. okay from colorado yeah so some of the men agreed to take him to like a little shop place and help him buy supplies for his journey home to pennsylvania when one of the men that took him there, noticed that Packer had a skinning knife that he knew for a fact belonged to one of the men that was traveling with Packer. So he was like, what the heck? But this motherfucker didn't say anything at first. He just kept it himself. Which, like, when you're thinking about it, it's like, well, you've been traveling with these guys for five months, but then, then you think about it again, those three dudes in front of everyone were like, not coming with us or we're gonna kill you like so it's all these things had to have been going through this dude's head specifically like how did he get that fucking knife and where's my friend you know whatever i don't know yeah um then this broke-ass fool packer starts spending a gang of money on like stupid random shit he even offered to <laughs> lend a saloon owner like $300. And it's like, I thought you just said you were broke. Right. Like, how all of a sudden are you buying, spending all this money, and now you're offering to like lend this fool some shit? You don't even know him. And I thought you were wanting to go back to Pennsylvania. Like, obviously, you're wackadoodle. So, um, like, Obviously, at this point, once he starts spending money and acting like kind of like a fool, everyone's like, where is your crew? What happened? 
And we don't believe your story. So right then, this group of men were like, you're a lying ass bitch. We're going to hang you right here on the spot. Oh, just straight up. But um, this general that was at the Indian agency stepped in and interrogated Packer for the truth. So let's start with his first confession. And I am going to read it word for word. Oh, fuck. Like... This is ye old fucking English shit, okay? <laughs> I should have got my glasses. <sighs> old man Swan died first and was eaten by the other five persons about 10 days out of camp. Four or five days afterwards, Humphreys died and was also eaten. He had about $133. I found the pocketbook and took the money. Sometime afterwards, while I was carrying wood, the butcher was killed. And the other two told me accidentally that he was also eaten. Bell shot California with Swan's gun and I killed Bell. Shot him. I covered up the remains and took a large piece along. Then traveled 14 days into the agency. Bell wanted to kill me with his rifle, struck a tree and broke his gun. Okay, this is not the part that's ye old English, my bad. It, it comes over in a minute and it's like, what the fuck? Um, mm. But so this confession led to Packer being arrested and placed in a jail cell that was basically just a log cabin. So they're like, okay, so you lied about what happened. You obviously didn't get separated and you are saying that you killed someone. Like, we need to kind of dig in a little deeper. We're just going to arrest you for now and try to figure out what's going on. They put him in this log cabin and he escapes. Oh. Like literally just walked out of a log cabin or jail cell or whatever it's considered. So he escapes the jail cell and he isn't captured for nine years. What the hell? (laughs) He was hiding under an unknown alias in Wyoming working with some of the original guys that left Utah with him. Some of the original 21 guys. So that's another, like, what? Like, how How do you not know? And, like, who knows if, like, he met back up with them seven years later and they just don't remember. I don't forget faces. So yeah. I'm weird. But whatever. If you're doing, like, a like month-long expedition, I feel like he would remember the guy. Maybe he spun such a web of lies that they they didn't think much of it or something he just didn't care i mean i don't know i don't know i'm not gonna dig too deep into that because whatever but um he was arrested and he gave a second confession which of course changed from his first two um well his first confession his first two stories uh-huh um so he changed it saying this time that it sounds like the men had killed each other while he had been out scouting. Sure, Jan. So he stated that all six men had made made it to camp alive. Okay. So they like build up this camp to chill out in. Um, But they were starving and they were too weak to go on. One day Packer went in search of a trail. Upon returning several hours later, he discovered that Bell had gone mad. Like, I want to know what the fuck happened between this motherfucker and Bell for him to throw this bitch under the bus so many times. Right. 
but there's Bell must have known or seen right through him or something. Right. And there's, there's always certain truths. So I want to like figure out, it's obviously something to do with Bell. Like Bell called him out or something, you know? Uh huh. But, um, so he discovered that Bell had gone mad, killed the other four with a hatchet and was boiling the flesh of one of them for his meal when he got back. When Bell spotted Packer, he charged at him with his hatchet raised and Packer shot him twice in the belly. Lost and trapped alone in the camp of dead men, Packer said he only resorted to cannibalism after several more days when it was his only means of survival. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So at this point, everyone's like, you lying ass fool, you're done. And it was noted in the local newspaper that the judge said this. (laughs) And I quote from the newspaper. Uh, can stand <laughs> yeah, voracious man eaten son of a bitch and receive your sentence. When you came to Hensdale County, there was it's spelled weird, like seven is spelled S I V E N. Okay, so give me a minute. Um, when you came to Hensdale County, there were seven Democrats, but you, you ate five of them, god damn ya. I sentence you to be hanged by the neck until you're dead, dead, dead as a warning against reducing the Democratic population of this county. Packer, you Republican cannibal, I would sentence you to hell, but the statutes forbid it. Damn. Yeah. Homie was (laughs) pissed that he got away. Because also I had read somewhere else that initially when the general at the Indian agency was like, no, 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 let's not hang him. Let's try to figure it out. He had sent a group of men to go searching for like the bodies and had noticed that they were all killed at one spot, not like along the trail. Like he had initially said. So did he actually eat them though? Oh, he, Oh, he ate a lot of them. Yeah. Ew, 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 ew. So, he sentences him to hang, right? He would sentence you to hell, but the statutes forbid it. I just thought that was so cool. You like, son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. And it's like they put it all together. And like democratic is spelled D-I-M-M-Y-C-R-A-T-I-C. And populace is pop you lay, like laying down, shun, like I'm shunning you. So it was, it's like weird having to reread it in this day and age, but I thought it was cool. So I wanted to put it in there word for word. But yeah. Packer never reaches the gallows. His sentence was reversed by the Colorado Supreme Court in 1885 for being based on an ex post facto law or a new law that retroactively changes the result of the law it replaces. So his charges were reduced to manslaughter. And he was sentenced to 40 years in prison, which is what? And this bitch was paroled in 1901. He became a guard for the Denver Post, who also were communicating with him while he was in jail to, like, try to figure out more of his story. And they were interviewing him a bunch. So then he oh, was this a newspaper? Yeah. Oh, and gosh. And he gets a fucking job there as a guard? Or they're like, shit, if you're going to do all that, you can guard our post. Yeah, that sounded weird. Post. <laughs> he became a guard for the Denver Post, a vegetarian, 
and bullshit. He held his innocence until he died of dementia at the age of 65 in 1907, just six years after he was paroled. Though this freak is dead, his legacy lives on at the University of Colorado in Boulder. There is a building in the dining hall known as the Alfred Packer Restaurant and Grill. That's fucking gross. Who's hungry? <laughs> that is um, so beyond foul. Uh, yeah. Same on you. Isn't Colorado. that freaking crazy? I thought it was, I thought it was crazy, but like, what a wild story. Definitely. Yeah. So that's the lovely story of the Colorado cannibal. Fucking disgusting. And like, I wonder, like, how, how did he act those first three months? And it said specifically that he convinced these six men to go. So although a lot of them were noted to be restless at the Indian camp and like not wanting to wait any longer, they just wanted to get there, make money, they're fucking done with this hike. It's interesting that three of them were like, if you follow us, we're going to fucking kill you. So I don't know what type of he was, but you can tell by the way he looks that he'd be a freaky ass motherfucker. So, don't judge a book by its cover, um, Because I judged that book by that cover, I wouldn't have been eaten. I would have been one of those three people like, you try to come and join us, and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So, Britt, I'm going to just, like, toss it on over to you now. Okay, here we go. Buckle up for safety. This one's, this one's a little heavy. Excuse me. So we are going to travel across the pond to Worcestershire, England. Worcester, I'm going to say it how the pronunciation says. (laughs) I can't do it. Worcestershire, okay? Now, huh? Worcestershire? That is what you would think. That is what you would think. <laughs> but they say it differently. I like to say Shire, but everybody's like, my ears are bleeding. <laughs> when you say, like, <laughs> Worcestershire. 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 <laughs> Worcestershire. Okay. We're going over to this little spot in England, okay? And discussing a nearly... 80-year-old mystery, unsolved crime, unsolved murderer, that has yet to be cracked. Now, the story begins during mid-World War II, April 18th, 1943. Four teenage boys were blowing off some steam on a day adventure through the Hagley Woods. Now, these particular woods um, were on private property, and so they're, you know, but imagine being a teenager, World War II, they're experiencing, like, the nightly bombs, bombings, how horrific that would have been. Yeah. So they're just trying to, like, literally blow off some fucking steam going through this forest, but also remaining, like, on the low 
down so they don't get caught trespassing. Blah, blah. So, the boys happen to discover a witch elm in the forest. Now, a witch elm is a very spooky looking tree. Um, it kind of reminds me of the tree in Sleepy Hollow that Ichabod like rides up on and he sees it and it's kind of, you know, I mean, Tim Burton had an eye when he designed that set and that tree specifically. But I, I'd like to say maybe he pulled some inspo from a witch elm because it does look very similar to that. It's like the branches are like this. It's kind of hollow on the inside. If you're on YouTube, I'm holding my arms up <laughs> um, <laughs> to show you. So, but also if you look at um, this particular tree, it's kind of like the perfect tree to climb as a kid. I feel like if we had these near us, Kay, we would have definitely climbed them as children, much like these boys did. So one of them in particular named Bob Farmer happened to climb the tree. Now one source said um, as he was climbing the witch elm he looked into the hollow trunk and saw what he thought was an animal skull. Or he was hoping to find a bird's nest with eggs inside. Again World War II if it had eggs in the nest maybe they could have like a you know little meal <laughs> right then and there. So regardless, Bob climbs this tree, reaches into the hollow trunk, and pulls out what he thought, what we, something that he was not expecting. And it was a human, oh, <laughs> what is wrong with me? It was a, <laughs> a human. <laughs> It was a human skull, ladies and gents. Um, and how he knew right away that it was a human skull was because of obviously, you know, the eyes, sockets, the human teeth. There were also pieces of hair still attached to the skull. So, immediately, freaking no. Immediately no. Um, the boys ran away, obviously, and um, it was kind of like they they all made this pact. We're never going to speak about this again. Like, this is terrifying. But little Bob Farmer was like, I can't hold this secret in any longer. So he eventually told his parents, and then they alerted authorities. Now, inside the hollow tree, the witch elm, they found the rest of the woman's skeleton um, minus her hand. Now, two sources kind of said this a little bit differently. They eventually found her hand. One source says that the bones of her hand were scattered like around the tree. And another source said that um, her hand like part like some of the bones were missing and it was partially buried so either way you want to go the hand was missing um now she was obviously they could kind of tell by her clothing 
that she was obviously lower class. Um, she had poor quality clothing, like completely worn through shoes, um, and a faux gold ring on her finger. Um, they discovered that she was around five foot tall, that she wore a size five and a half shoe. She was about 35 years old. Um, and from what they could tell, she had potentially had one child in her lifetime. Um, and she had been dead for at, uh, at the very least 18 months. No more than three years, they thought though. So sometime in that particular time frame. Um, something that was really, really horrible and awful is the, their, her cause of death. Typically when they find, um, when skeletons are found or bones are found, it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint the cause of death because, you know, say it's strangula strangulation. You can't really, unless somebody were to like snap a neck or something, you can't really differentiate that from, um, you know, bones. There's really particular things, even like stabbings. If you've been stabbed to death, but your bones are the only thing that are left behind, if that knife did not nick one of your bones, it's not gonna, you know, certain things like that. Unfortunately, in this case, they found a piece of her skirt. So she was wearing, do you think like the 40s, like a blouse and a skirt? Um, piece of her skirt was shoved into her mouth, like far, far back behind her teeth, um, like molars. So, um, sorry, that was loud. The police worked several angles on this particular case and they were working extremely dil diligently. Like I don't for one second blame the, f the um, police force for this ne not being solved just with everything that, anyway, I'll get to it. One of the big angles that they worked on actually were her teeth. Now, bless her heart, she had some big ass teeth. Hi, I have big ass teeth. Kayla's got big old teeth. <laughs> I can say that because I have big teeth. No, just kidding. So her two front teeth happen to be sticking, you know, at a like a very unique angle outside of her mouth and the two of them were kind of crossed over so um they were like okay she also had signs of having um certain dental work done she was missing one of her teeth so they're like okay so like her dentist would know this like it would be a very it's a very unique set of chompers right there <laughs> so unfortunately after you know reaching out to all of the local dentists, um, they were not able to kind of narrow it down or even find her provider, get any answers anywhere. Um, now, with her shoes, her shoes, they made a huge deal about this. They were able to actually, from her shoes, so um, I mentioned how they were like completely worn in. They happened to track down the particular shoe to the shoe factory that they came from. Excuse me. 
and then to the shops that they were sold at, like specifically her shoe size. So that was like pretty, like yeah. especially back then, pretty like respectable police work in my opinion. Um, unfortunately, this led nowhere. They really couldn't figure out who the heck she was. Um, now, by this point, the case went cold rather quickly. Um, about six months after, you know, they had discovered her body, her bones, you know. The uh, World War II was still raging on, and by December 1943, a mysterious message was written in chalk. Now, there's a, like, before I say the message, um, there's a few different versions of it. I'm going to stick with the main one that was written the most. Um, <sighs> because there's these cryptic messages from, like, now until 2019 that people are writing this around town, okay? So, um... And it was written in chalk, like graffitied in chalk on the side of a building. It was written from now until 2019. So um, this particular message has been written multiple times from like 1943 to 2019. So at least five times that I counted. And the line or the phrase was... Who put Bella in the witch elm? And kind, so they, she's known as Bella. That's like her little, almost like Jane Doe. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was written several times. Like there was one that was like, who put Lou Bella? Um, things like that. But like all in all, very cryptic, weird messages. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, this woman was never identified, um, still has never been identified. Her story was never solved. Um, they have done facial, uh, <laughs> not facial reconstructive, what? <laughs> um, where they, you know, they take her skull and they... They, like, regenerate what her face would have looked like. Yes, I can't think of the phrase or the... Gosh darn it. Anyway, they have, uh, you know, done that with her skull. Kind of shown what she most likely looked like, looked like in real life. Um, still to no avail. But this hasn't stopped the theories as to what has happened. Because what about humans... And mysteries go, like, hand in hand. Let's solve a damn mystery, is yeah. what, you know, us humans like to do. So, I'm going to go over kind of, like, my favorite theories. Um, or the top theories that I kind of was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, so, the first one would be a dark magic. So, potentially, Bella, this is a, this is the tale, okay? So potentially Bella betrayed her coven um, in a really, really big way and was ritualistically slaughtered or executed by them. Now, remember her hand was removed? Um, 
a lot of researchers believe that it has to do with a certain black magic ceremony known as hand of glory. So they remove the hand, do some sort of ritual with it. Um, the forest itself also had natural belladonna and um, witch hazel growing within it, which, you know, belladonna, oh gosh, I believe it's deadly nightshade is like yeah. its OG name. And those are very common, like witchy herbs, you know. Now, unfortunately, this theory is likely false. Um, oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Only because if you think about it, her hand and the bones of her hand were most likely scattered, removed from her body and scattered by scavenging animals. Now, um, one of the sources kind of described like the size of the tree, the hollow tree itself, and it's like the size of a small pet cage. So, I don't know. In my head, that makes sense. In animals, yeah. like, like, I don't know. I feel like, why would they stop at one hand? Maybe they, that's all they could get out. Yeah. Like, it's such a small area. Yeah. That's, ugh, that's all I was thinking. Um, now, sorry. Uh, turn the page. Now, since she was, um, they kind of classified her as lower class with her clothing, her shoes, her um, fake gold ring, her, <laughs> I almost said gnarly teeth. Girl couldn't <laughs> help it with her teeth. Um, they were like this chick. I think the phrase that they used you was that. About gnarly teeth. Like we had oh, so orthodontic work done okay we can say some stuff about people's teeth okay because we have some fucked up teeth <laughs> we sure did <laughs> and if braces were not a thing nowadays still my teeth would still be fucked up okay yeah. it'd be a funny sight my teeth um, like bella's my front teeth they used to cross yeah yep yikes mine didn't mine just had a mile wide gap in it no i'm just kidding <laughs> So here's a few other ones I'm going to kind of run through um, theories about her. Um, so lower class, blah, blah, probably uh, more than likely a prostitute. Now, unfortunately, if you're, you know, familiar with true crime at all, you know that prostitutes are more or less easy pickings mm -hmm. for sick and twisted individuals. Um, now, a, kind of along with this angle, uh, one source in particular discussed how she could have been um, murdered by a GI, like an American soldier, or um, like a British soldier during the war, because supposedly, um, you know, like months before her skeleton was found, there was a car parked on the property that happened to be the car of a soldier and he was acting kind of cagey. You know, it's the 40s. So police tip that night then. I know. Fuck out of here. I know. 
Um, there is also a uh, theory that she was a German spy. And so once she was found out by, you know, her British comrades, they were like, boom, we need to execute this chick right now and stuffed her body in a witch elm. I feel like when you try to speculate about a murder, nothing's off the table. The fucking teenage boys could have done it. I mean, at that point, it's like, there's so many different ways. If they, I just, it gets me, it really grinds my gears when like we have the ability to do, do such deep DNA research these days. Like if it's still a closed case, and like people are still writing who put Bella in the witch elm. Like, why would that not be okay? You know what? Let's just fucking see what pops up with her. You know, I know. she had a baby. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Baby survived. Well, I, I didn't see this in any source. And I don't know if maybe it was like absolutely not. Like, that was already kind of something that you know, got crossed off the list quickly, but in my head instantly. So this, these woods were on, um, and I don't, I didn't write down his name. I'm, I apologize. Were on a part of a Lord's property and his home. Like he had, um, groundskeepers and private security guards that kind of patrolled. That's kind of, that's who pulled over the quote unquote GI soldier in his car guy but I'm like um what about him yeah or any of his staff or any of that I could definitely see her being a prostitute and being murdered um just for some sick fucking pleasure you know yeah as awful as that is um there's another theory which I think is just bogus this is my uh, final theory is that um, a couple of locals, they were out drinking with her and to kind of treat her, a, treat her a lesson, teach her a, a lesson um, about like overindulgence and that she needs to really turn her life around. They like threw her down the witch elm. Like, that's, uh, that's like the Catholic school in the town is telling the kids that's what's happening. Yeah. If you indulge at the pub, someone's gonna stuff you down the witch elm. That's such bullshit. Yes, or like, or like um, Jawbreaker or Sorority Row, where it's like we're gonna play a practical joke to yeah. teach them a lesson, and it's like, oh, but they died. Okay, then explain why she had a wad of her own skirt shoved down her like, you know. Yeah. Stuck way back here behind her molars. I don't see that happening. Um, some other people have said, oh, she might have climbed in her there herself. Again, imagine the 35-year-old woman walking in the woods. Like, like, no. Something really nefarious definitely happened to her, I fully believe. Yeah. Unfortunately, we will probably never know exactly what happened. Um, but yes, that is my tale about who put Bella in the witch elm. Okay, now, during my research of 
the infamous Packer, Alfred, Alfred Packer. Um, I was, I was like, okay, what do I want my second story to be about? What I'm thinking back and forth and I go, oh my gosh, you know, um, that kid that was like all over social media with like the eyes like that kid um that went missing for a few days in montana i was like i want to pull up his because i thought his story was interesting um i read the article of it i think the day that they found him um and then i also saw a TikTok about this kid um that went like a little deeper i don't think what they said was true because i didn't find that in any of the articles i read but um Anyways, let's get into it. I have two, but they're pretty short. So I just found it interesting. Um, both of mine, spoiler alert, are going to be about children that have gone missing in the wilderness. Um, but only to be found a couple of days later. Alive. That's weird to me. Um, and so, I don't know. It's weird. But the first one that I want to talk about is... Um, Three, the three-year-old boy who survives two days solo in Montana wilderness. And in quotes, he was very, very scared. No fucking shit. He was <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, so um, I'm just going to read off of the wonderful CNN. This is their article. <laughs> Officials in Montana are sharing more details about three-year-old Riker Webb who spent two days on his own in the wilderness and managed to protect himself. Lucky Tyke, who was reported missing from his home in Troy, Montana, on the afternoon of June 3rd, after disappearing from his yard, was found by a family visiting their cabin in an area known to be populated with mountain lions and bears, Lincoln County Sheriff Darren Short told them. He was very, very scared. <laughs> Short told the outlet. I just feel like that's so stupid. No fucking shit. <laughs> he was very, very scared. Uh, he was describing how the hungry, thirsty, and cold little boy's eyes lit up once he learned that he would soon be returned to his parents. He had a wide-eyed, scared look until he got back to his mom and dad. Now, it's fucked up because the kid looks like he's seen some shit in the picture. <laughs> him. Like, he's like, and so he had Jesus. that wide-eyed, scared look until he got back with his mom and dad. Um, the family who discovered Riker was checking on a generator in a shed on their property when they heard a voice coming from the structure on June 5th. At the time, teams of ground searchers, drones, dog teams, and two National Guard helicopters were busy combing the wilderness area for the boy. The red-haired toddler reportedly told Short that he left his family property where he had been seen playing with the family dog to go for a walk before growing exhausted. He was found two miles from his home. Adverse weather conditions initially hampered efforts to locate the boy, but searchers and rescue team members were able to get a sense of the general direction that Riker was walking after he wandered away from the home by following a trail of rocks that had appeared to have recently been turned over. And so it's interesting to note that um, little Riker is very interested in bugs and insects. So as they're following what they assume is his trail, they're seeing these rocks that were turned over as if a child was looking for insects. Okay. Uh -huh. 
Interesting. Um, the sheriff told uh, told CNN that the authorities wanted to know why there was apparently a two-hour delay in reporting Riker missing from his parents. Wow. We're in, in quotes, we're still looking into why he disappeared and why he wasn't being watched closely and why two hours for them to report him missing. And they will say no. And I have not found an update. No idea. But I did see a TikTok a, like, like a while ago um, that had said, like, and mind you, this was last June. Okay. So I had recently saw a TikTok that was talking about this kid. And I remember seeing, like, the same, like, you know, deer in headlights look. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this kid. So I was listening to the video. And they were talking about how apparently um, it had took two hours from the report. They still don't know why. Okay. But apparently his clothes had been changed before he was found. Um, yeah. So um, a lot of, like, conspiracy theorists were talking about how, like, Bigfoot like found him and like brought him and like kept him safe or whatever but to me like i don't know it just nap oh for sure but then like how did he get away this kid is three years old like i don't know and like why why did it take two hours like especially like a three-year-old you should know that they're missing right away oh i just had like this is such a um like Fucking Sons of Anarchy storyline. The parents owe somebody money. They kidnap their kid and are like, we're not going to give you your kid until you pay us this money. So they're afraid to call authorities. They finally call authorities, pay the money, and the kid is set free. I don't know. That was awesome. It's just very interesting. And then, like, so perfectly, like, we have, we have kids. We've had toddlers. Um, we've had, I've, my kids, like, we were obsessed with, we always, always found insects, like, whether it was, like, snails or slugs or spiders or ladybugs, like, and never once, like, I'm just gonna say real quick, never once were we flipping fucking rocks over anywhere looking for that shit. Like, let's go on a hike. We also always went on hikes. Never once were we like, oh, I wonder what's into this rock, like. I don't know. I'm not hating anyone if you do that, but it just seems fucking weird. Like on the trail, I don't know. It's just the whole thing's weird. And I, I honestly, I could not find any, hardly any information on that kid, other than those like stories. Um, I, I didn't see anywhere that said that his clothes had been changed. That was just something I saw on TikTok. But if that's true, <sighs> yeah, that's creepy. It is creepy. And you think, like, normally when a kidnap happens, they do change clothes. They do usually change hair right away, whether they cut it or they dye it. And then they try to get pretty far, pretty quick. So to only go two miles. But for a fucking two-year-old to go two miles over two days? That just seems sketchy to me. Yeah. The whole thing just does not sit right and I know that they did have CPS show up at, like, the hospital with the parents. But, again, no information was released from that. So, who knows? We'll probably never know. I'm sure the parents got their five minutes of fame and they went on and said everything that ever happened to them. 
but um, it's just weird. And it's really unfortunate for the kid. Glad he's okay. There was another one though. I was trying to find, cause I didn't remember his name or like really what state he was in. I knew he was like out um, on the West coast, but I didn't know exactly where he was. So I just typed in like toddler missing in the wilderness for a couple days. And this kid comes up and I was like, Oh, here it is. Click. And I'm like, this is not him. Like what the heck? So I'm gonna... <laughs> because I found it interesting. It actually took me a fucking minute to find that kid, which I found interesting. So this is from 2021. Okay. Okay. And it's toddler missing for three days found safe in the woods. All right. And again, this is also on CNN. Coincidence? I think not. Okay. <laughs> CNN. A three-year-old boy who vanished Wednesday afternoon near Magnolia, Texas, was found Saturday morning alive and well. Christopher Ramirez was reunited with his mother. He was smiling, drinking water, and in good shape, Grimes County Sheriff Don Sowell told reporters Saturday. The toddler was taken to a hospital for observation, but Sheriff Sowell said that they believe he will be fine. The situation appeared much more dire a day earlier when the child's mother urged people to come forward with information. He needs his mom. Please help me, she said in Spanish. Gone in an instant. CNN has a flair for the dramatics. And I can say that because I'm a very dramatic person myself. Gone. The boy had disappeared around 1.30 p.m. Wednesday, moments after returning home from running errands with his mother and grandmother, which, like, bleh, it's just, like, not a good time. Terrifying. Ramirez had chased after a neighbor's dog while the adults unloaded the car. The dog returned, but the boy did not. And the family started looking for him. After about 20 minutes, they called the police. Police used four-wheelers, dirt bikes, drones, helicopters, two teams of dogs, and heat sensors without luck. Which also seems like what the fuck. More than 100 volunteers and several other agencies aided in the nonstop search Deputies even drained at least one pond. Oh, my God. Yeah. Authorities said crews also searched vehicles in the area after they learned the boy was known to hide in cars. I'm not... Hey, where... Okay, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Finally, on Wednesday, a good Samaritan located the child five miles from where he had gone missing. Which also... Okay. Last night, I was in Bible study that we have every other Friday. And there were a number of people talking about this little boy that's been lost. And it was news to me. The boy found who found Ramirez said, oh, I'm sorry. The man who found Ramirez said in an interview, I was prompted then by the spirit to say, you will go look for that boy. You will search the woods. The following morning, the man said he decided, sure. this, he said, decided to go help the search effort. Less than two hours later, he said he heard a noise. At first, he thought it was an animal. Instead, it was the little boy that so many people have been searching for. Picked him up. He wasn't shaking. He wasn't nervous. He was calm, the man said. Sheriff Sowell acknowledged Saturday they still are not sure how the boy was able to survive on his own for three days in the... Rural. Heavily wooded area between Houston and College Station. Huh. That's the end of the article. So what that tells me 
is this man kidnapped the kid. Right. <laughs> okay. Study and said, oh, that it's been three days. It's been long enough. I'm going to guess say he was found. 100,000%. Fool. Yeah. You kidnapped that child. And you wanted yeah. your But also, what the fuck are the parents doing? He's a toddler who's known to get a into cars. Cars? Or just cars in general? Or yeah. to chase after a neighborhood dog while you're putting groceries away? Uh, no. And the dog returned, but the boy did not? Ugh. Uh-uh. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what they be doing in these rural towns, but <laughs> I ain't liking it. See how I said that? I said it right that time. <laughs> Better. But that stopped me in my tracks right there. I was not expecting that word to come out. <laughs> yeah, how gross and creepy, huh? Yeah, as soon as he said that, I was like, sure. He fucking is like, yeah. how? And like, again, I'm not going to say shit about whatever you believe. We have our own beliefs. I'm not saying shit about that. But the whole, you haven't heard anything about this missing boy in your small town uh-huh. until you go to Bible study and then the good Lord tells you to search for him in the woods that they have been searching already with drones and dogs. They fucking drained a pond with uh, a heat sensors and they couldn't find him, which tells me he was taken somewhere else. Yeah, he was scooped up and put somewhere. There's no way a two-year-old would have walked five miles. Like, I'm sorry. That's fucking bullshit. So, what I think it is, because there's also lists and lists. I could have done, like, five more kids just in the last few years that have gone missing in the wilderness and then came back fine. And um, I think that's something we need to really look into um, for like a deep diving episode of like, oh, why are these children? Um, yeah, it's some creepy stuff, whether it's, um, kidnappers, whether it's the parents working with a neighbor to try to get some 15 minutes of fame and like go fund me money, whatever the fuck it is, something's happening and it's sketchy and you're using these children and it's just gross. I don't like it. I, that was a huge assumption, but you know how I am with <laughs> I'll just go crazy if you leave me without any um, information. So I know, I know, but still, I agree. That's that just sounds like Sketch Town, USA. Disgusting, yeah, yeah, big time. Good. All righty. So my final story of tonight is um, an interesting one. It uh, <laughs> let me just dive into it because <laughs> it's a lot um this is the diet love pass incident buckle up for more fucking safety on this one okay click it in so february 1st 1959 nine experienced soviet hikers who ranged from students friends engineers made their trek up the snowy slopes of the Ural Mountains. Now, this trek, um, they had planned it out. Like I said, that they were very 
experienced hikers. Um, the leader of their group was a man called Igor Dytlov. So that's why they kind of named this incident after him, Dytlov incident. Mm -hmm. There was seven men and two women a part of this hiking group. Um, and during this, you know, you know, expedition trek, if you will, with this group, um, they were expected to be gone for like roughly 10 days ish. Um, not only is this Siberia, Russia, um, it is like an intense, you know, climb up a snowy mountain with, you know, sub zero temperatures. So, anyway, little backstory. So, during this time, the hikers kept regular journals, took lots of photographs, and even had like their very own little newspaper um, as a keepsake for their trip. And the last thing that they had transcribed in this newspaper was, and I quote, We now know that the snowmen exist, end quote. So. <laughs> like, a, like the abominable snowman? We'll see. We'll see. So nearly 26 days after the group failed to contact their, because uh, there actually was a survivor of this particular group. He had stayed behind. Um, at like one of their little pit stops before their like large trek up the pass because um, he was he was under the weather yada yada anyway so 26 after they had kind of contacted him and then returned from their trip um, a search party was formed now the first discovery was the group's tent now I'm gonna send you I'm going to send you the picture and um, we're going to pop it on the screen. Basically, let me try to describe this. Think of like a slope of a mountain. They cut into the slope kind of like at a 90 degree angle to put their tent at this 90 degree angle to where they're protected by the snow behind them, like a part of the slope. So almost like their tent goes with the slope. The picture, if you're watching YouTube, is going to make more sense. I'm going to also have the pictures um, on our YouTube, not YouTube, Instagram. So you'll be able to see it there. Um, it's kind of confusing. Anyway, so they technically cut into the snow, which is like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet of snow on this goddamn peak, you know, that they cut into um, to put their shelter their large tent shelter um <clears throat> so the rescuers had kind of found the tent saw like part of it sticking out of the snow they unburied it and noticed i'm <laughs> sorry I went down the wrong tube i'll be fine <laughs> and they noticed that um inside the tent everything was nearly untouched now, there was even an untouched plate of food. All of their supplies were there. Um, a flask of vodka and maps were their, you know, adventure. Um, 
everything was untouched except a large slash in the side of the tent, almost like a need for a hasty escape. Um, yeah. So, turning the page. Sorry. Now, um, okay, here we go. So not only were the slopes covered in lots and lots and lots and lots of snow, um, the temperatures are so low there that um, footsteps leading from the tent were actually still intact. So from that slash in the side of the tent, there were footprints still intact with the snow because it's so cold. Not only did they make a wild escape from their shelter, but their footprints footprints showed that they were barefoot in sub-zero temperatures, no less. We're talking like negative 20 degrees at night, not even counting wind chill, okay? So according to one of the search party members, this is kind of yucky, they all drank and toasted the missing hiker's safe return with the team's flask that they found in the tent. In poor taste, no pun intended, to me. Like, that's fucking cringy. Yeah. Now, it took a long time for um, all nine of the hikers' bodies to be found. Not only is it, like, <laughs> really fucking cold, it was winter time. Um, but it, it took a lot of time because there, a lot of them were buried under snow. So months later, all nine bodies were recovered. Unfortunately, they were all deceased, gruesomely and mysteriously deceased, might I add. Two to three of the hiking, hiker groups, two of the three people in the group had died from hypothermia. Um, two other men were discovered in only their underwear outside of the structure. And the placement of their bodies were just really odd. So they were frozen to death. Um, and they were found underneath a large cedar tree. Now this particular tree showed signs like near the top of like broken branches almost like not only that i forgot this part not only that but pieces of human skin and blood like they were trying their fucking darndest to scale that goddamn tree you know and then it unfortunately didn't work they died the tree landed on top of them um, so, but what were they running from? Right. You know, why did there all of them... Footprints in the snow of, like, the animals... How long did there? Um, <clears throat> so, 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 so. Now, four of them had shockingly inconceivable injuries. Um, and 
three of the sources that I, I was uh, researching, they kind of described it as if you were a victim of a really horrific car crash. Um, we're talking fractured skulls, broken ribs, large head gashes, crushed in chests. But the weird thing is they didn't have any um, like surface bruising, which on one hand, I'm like, maybe because it was so were cold. Crushed. Say that again. Their bodies were crushed, but they didn't have any bruising. Yeah. Crushed from the inside. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, one of the, now these four hikers, which is this kind of eerie, um, do, do, do. Okay. So these four hikers, they were, they were found like some like 200 feet apart. Exactly. So that was kind of odd. Like go running back towards their shelter, like 200 feet apart. Um, so they were taken over there alive and, or were they, do you think that they were placed perfectly? I don't, I don't know. It's so creepy. One of them was missing his eyes, oh, but this isn't mommy. even the worst. This isn't even the worst. Oh God. The final hiker who was discovered, she was actually, um, oh gosh, she was the girlfriend of Igor Dietlov, and poor thing, she had a lot of horrific injuries, but the worst ones were, um, she mit was missing both of her eyes completely, both of her eyes. And they discovered her tongue had looked like it had been ripped out completely. Now, uh, um, one of the sources I saw said that in her actual stomach contents, that there was congealed blood, meaning, like surmising, that she was alive when her tongue was ripped out, which is just... I'm so sorry. I should have said a trigger warning. Um, that's so horrific. Yeah. But needless to say, what the hell happened to these hikers? What the hell happened to the search team? It almost, it feels like an 80s horror movie, like The Thing or yeah. Alien, you know? Seems, it To me, it seems like Skinwalker. Okay. Okay, cool. Keep that in mind. So, are you, I guess we're ready to jump into government cover-ups and conspiracy theories. Because that's really all the fuck we have with this yeah. particular case. Now, what's kind of uh, not surprising at all to me, actually, um, an accepted and Russian government-backed theory is that a major snow slab avalanche occurred. So basically, remember when I was poorly describing how they cut into the snow? Basically, this the on top of like where the shelter, like above where the shelter would have been, there's like loose snow. And that loose snow somehow caused an avalanche and all these. And caught 
all of that stuff to happen. Yeah. I mean, I see, like, if the tree was falling down and their blood and skin, they were trying to grab a hold of it during the avalanche. But, like, how far down were they from the tent? They were, like, up. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Um, also, I didn't know avalanches could pluck out and destroy the evidence of a woman's eyeballs and tongue. Yeah. And I thought- the other man's eyeballs. Rather interesting. Because the tongue wasn't her stomach. It got ripped out. It's not like she bit it and swallowed her tongue. Oh, yeah. It was gone. It was gone. And, like, um, other than skinwalkers, what other animal or anything specifically likes mutilating i mean okay i don't need don't i don't need a list in the comments of all of the all of the type oh, how all of the type humans of, yeah things and people that like to mutilate but um that just seems like a very skinwalker specific thing to do yes so, with that being said, the whole avalanche theory, I think, is a, a, a poor excuse for a cover-up. Yeah. Because it's so um, easily it's so explained old. away. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yes. So, um, next theory is the abominable snowman. Now... Was the Yeti out to kill these innocent hikers who were traveling? Now, in this particular area of Russia, there is a local tribe, and they are called the Manzi people. And they actually have um, <laughs> this particular mountain. They call- hold on just one second. <laughs> oh. They call this particular mountain, like, in English translation, it's just simply, we don't go there. So it's like, why don't you go there, Mansi? They also have a pretty um, distinguished belief or, uh, I guess, what would you say? Um, Like, they have a figure in their culture that very, very highly resembles a Yeti slash abominable snowman who is a very angry angry being who would not bat any eyelashes in killing and mutilating humans so i find that very interesting um and the fact that their last translation was the abominable snowman was real right it um specifically was what was it? I'm sorry. I have one piece of my notes that flew out. Um, so, I, um, is we know that the snowmen exist. Yeah. And it's like, we don't know for sure if Bigfoot, the Yeti, if, um, if they're in some type of thing, like the same thing as skinwalkers where they are not in our, they can be in our reality, but they're not from our dimension. Could be. So, but were there any footprints anywhere? Which, um, honestly, if it was a cover-up, the government wouldn't have put that in anyways. So, I don't even know what I'm asking. Yeah. I forgot to tell, I forgot to say this. Igor, when his body was discovered, 
he was holding a stick in his um, hand, like a, I keep saying branch, a stick, and had his hand over his face like this, like he was trying to protect himself. And another one of the hikers, he was found with a camera around his neck. So what's interesting is do you think the government allowed those photos to be published and distributed? No. No. You know what what organization broadly made up their search party? Government <laughs> officials. Go not officials, government people. So And it's Russia. I know, I know, I know. For real. In the fifties. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> so my next one is nuclear testing fallout, like radiation fallout. Um, because rumor has it that when um, these poor hikers' bodies were sent back to their families for, you know, their funeral and their services, um, they looked really withered and old. Now their hair was like grayed or nearly white, and their skin was like a leathery orange color. Um, now, the majority of the hikers were very young and healthy. They were all very experienced. There's no reason for them to have looked like this. Um, well, I don't know what that, like, that type of hypothermia does to a body, like what it does to skin, but I can assume them being that scared turning their hair white. Right. I don't know. And but even like a lot of them had, um, I mean, obviously hypothermia and uh, frostbite. So yeah. having frostbite, I could say like a discoloration, but and I like, like rumor the, has it this, you know? Yeah. I feel like the government said they're not going to believe that it was an avalanche. So let's just throw out some conspiracy theory. That's not the Yeti and just say we were, testing stuff radioactive stuff yes that's what i that's what that sounds sounds like a bullshit thing again too i know i know um so and then all sorts of different kind of like government testing like oh they stumbled upon this experiment they stumbled upon a um russian government agency who was testing certain like uh sound wave weaponry so the sound waves can make you go crazy and cause extensive damage. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't let's yeah. go past all that bullshit. I don't believe any of that. Um, my next bullet is UFOs. UFOs go with the Skinwalker thing because of Skinwalker Ranch. And I even said, like Skinwalker Ranch question mark. Yeah. Because according to locals, um, the Manzi tribe and then locals of, you know, surrounding villages or cities, um, even, uh, military people had witnessed glowing lights in the skies on that mountain and a lot of really strange activity. Um, so I thought that was kind of <laughs> a pretty big sign. Yeah. Um, there also is the potential for it being a madman murderer because they happen to find an additional pair of skis. Now, to further... <laughs> Immediately my mind goes to um, 
the Monsters Inc. That little snowman, because <laughs> he yeah. is immediately that lemon snow cones. <laughs> I don't think I. I do think humans are one hundred million percent capable of doing horrific things like that easily. But with the temperature that it was at, why would their skis? Where's the other set of footprints? I feel like, again, that's just adding to let the world think what they want and come up with multiple conspiracies as long as it's not the abominable snowman. That's what it seems like to me. I don't know. Yeah. What do I know? And what's interesting is that um, obviously not all of the information has been disclosed. Like, were there Yeti footprints? Were there obvious signs of Yeti, you know, activity? Um, what exactly was on that man's camera that he, oh. if he's desperately leaving this tent, why is he grabbing a camera? Yeah. You know, what is he wanting to photograph? And my other question is, did they cut the tent out or did something else slash the tent? That was my immediate first question was, that's true. That's true. It. You know, the source that I was reading um, that really talked about, because other people are like, it looked like they were frantically. And then one that I kind of liked more was it was a single slash because they were all like, okay, let's, we cut ourselves out of this fucking tent. So it's like, okay, you know, we're out. Everybody. It was said that everything was still in its place. So if it was frantic, and that's what makes me think something things would get knocked over. Yeah, I feel like that's what made it seem like something cut it and pulled them out. Because if something was coming in through the fucking front door, it would be frantic as shit. But even like their footprints right. leaving the tent through that slash were normal. Like they were just walking barefoot yeah. in the fucking snow. Unless they got some kind of like crazy hypothermic psychosis and that is that is also you know a possibility but um especially because so many of them were so many of them two of them were down to their underwear which yeah i i mean free fucking freezing oh and four of the people who are found together with like the really horrific injuries they were wearing each other's clothes so it's like they changed in the way that their bodies were placed. It made me think like, okay, like I could totally understand the madman, madman murderer who's like displaying them in like a ritualistic, like killing type way. But um, also this person has to be able to withstand negative 20 degree, uh roughly temperatures um, and be able to orchestrate this entire thing against nine people. Like, it just seems a little odd. Yeah. Um, it's just one. Person. Yeah. At the, at the time, at the time they were um, Soviet. It was Soviet Russia, obviously. And so three years, four, three years after this horrific event, the, um, the mountain was completely closed down. So I'm like, for three years? Mm -hmm. 
Dude, like people, it, it pisses me off about Mount Everest. I'm just going to make a random tangent because they leave dead bodies up on Mount Everest until they slide themselves down. Ew! <laughs> yeah, like people will be walking up Mount Everest and bodies will be coming down, like falling down, rolling down, sliding down. Yeah, it's disgusting because usually they die in areas that no one can get to safely. So they've been up there for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, it's fucking foul. And it's like, it infuriates me so much because I've seen one or two videos of people hiking up going, it's a dead body, it's a dead body, as it's rolling down. And it's like, why the fuck are you up there? Like, it's so, it gets me going. But that's obviously where I was going with that tangent was, why would you shut it down for three years if you weren't doing some kind of government testing as to what happened? Exactly. When Mount Everest, people die, and they just keep walking up. Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's open. You're fine. Yeah. I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, so they closed the um, this particular mountain down for three years. Um, I don't believe that it was out of the kindness of the, their Soviet cold-ass heart. Mm. <laughs> like I don't I don't see that happening um, but I mean even nowadays the Russian government who is no obviously no longer Soviet run um, they're like hey snow slab avalanche okay we're gonna put those eggs in that basket because that sounds great to us and it's like but there's so many other it just doesn't make sense yeah it doesn't make sense to me either Sounds like a load of flaw. Yeah, I don't see... Avalanches don't remove eyeballs or tongues. The only thing that I can assume, and I already said it with her biting her tongue off or whatever, or, like, if they were, like, squashed and then their eyeballs popped out, which I feel like come out of other orifices. But that's not how they were found. They weren't found smushed. Crushed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, interesting. It's very interesting and it's a mystery that we, I mean, even to this day, don't know the answers to. Um, but that is the Divelof Pass incident. Thank you. Hey. For- <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. You're so very welcome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is our Wilderness Gone Wrong episode. This could definitely be many, many parts because I feel like there's so many horrific things that happen in the great outdoors. Yeah, I almost want to label it part one because even like I was saying, even just in my research, there was so much. So this may be a mini series. I can assume it's going to be. Right. I mean, we could spin, 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 spin off forever. Um, So yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you are on our YouTube, hello, how are you? Go ahead and like, subscribe, comment below. Let us know what you thought about this episode. If you guys want to see more of the Twisted Twins or those little fun things that we talk about, we'll throw pictures up on our Instagram. Check out our TikTok and our Instagram at the Twisted Twins podcast. If you guys have any cool stories, crazy, twisted stuff you want to tell us about, 
You can send us an email at the twisted twins podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your story. So definitely let us know and have a great week. Yes. We hope you guys have a wonderful week. You take care and stay. Hey, twisted.